we have a few folks new to this series, a few folks sojourning for a few weeks. Uh, let me back up and explain just a little bit what we're doing on Sunday nights. We're called the theme for Sunday nights, What People Want to Know About the Bible. And that came from all the years we've been doing Know Your Bible on TV and the questions we get. And I pointed out that you get some people that have hobby horses and some people that want to argue about this or that and get all kinds of questions. But in general, uh, the public just wants to know some basic things about the Bible. Uh, they have a respect for the Bible. They, they don't know much about it, but they think it's a godly book somehow. Uh, and they've heard things about it, so they ask some real basic things about life and uh, the afterlife and some other things we've already talked about. They just want to know what the Bible says. So I thought that would be a good uh, practice for us on Sunday evenings this year to go through some of those in preparation to deal with those folks around us. Uh, knowing what they want to know, we probably should have an answer or at least a basic understanding uh, to be able to answer. So we've worked on three major topics so far, and tonight we start the fourth major topic. It'll take us a few weeks to get through this one. Uh, it's called the problem of evil. So that's what we're doing. Let me start by asking, how many of you have seen the movie, God's Not Dead? Most of the teens got a few other folks that get in on a senior discount. Got, okay, well, probably less than half of you. How many of you have heard of the movie? Probably almost everybody has heard something about it, it looks like. Uh, real quickly, the premise of the movie is a college student named Josh, if I remember correctly, uh, runs into a philosophy professor named Professor Radisson, who is uh, radically uh, atheist, anti-God. And he begins the first class uh, by telling all the students that they need to sign a paper that says God is dead. And if they'll all agree to that, then they can get on with the more important things in philosophy, and he won't have to waste his time arguing this silly old question about whether there's a God or not. Uh, so all of the kids grab their paper and start signing, except our hero, Josh, who, who can't quite make himself sign the paper. Uh, he's a Christian. He, he just can't do it. And going through his head is that he's got to confess Jesus before men, and he's got to stand up for what he believes in and all of that. Uh, the professor's answer for that is, if you don't sign the paper, uh, then you have to debate him in front of the class about the existence of God. Uh, so that's the, the, the premise. It's a little bit over the top in some ways, but pretty good movie in some ways. Uh, the kid does a pretty good job of explaining the basic arguments in the favor of God's existence and all that. But the professor keeps getting more and more angry. Uh, not necessarily because he's losing the argument, uh, because he's kind of winning some of the arguments and it's kind of a draw sometimes. It's not really about that, we sense. Uh, but he keeps getting more and more angry and just violently angry and sometimes. 
Now, those of you that seen, have seen the movie, what's his problem? All the arguments, throw them out. All the other things, what's his real problem? His real problem, we find out, is that God killed his mother when he was about 12 or something. I can't remember how old he was. His mother had cancer. He prayed to God to save her. God didn't. God killed her. Hated God ever since. Decided there isn't a God. Okay? That's the story. Uh, it's easy kind of to say, well, you all know better than that. you got to have faith in God. You all think, we understand that. We've, we've lost people. You still have faith in God. It's easy to say. Unless something really bad's happened to you. If something really bad happened to you, how many flip completely like he did from somebody, young kid that prays to God to somebody that becomes rabidly anti-God and becomes a professor who fights against God every chance he gets? How many do that? I don't think it's probably a very big number. But how many struggle? Probably everybody. Probably everybody at some point goes through something like this professor went through, or worse, a lot worse, and question, why? Why has God let this happen? Why is this going on? Why doesn't God fix it? I ask him to. She asked him to fix her problem, and he fixed it. You know, they announce all the time at church that people ask for this, and God gave it to them. What's up with this? Yeah. See, that's the problem. And I think we as Christians uh, shouldn't be too glib about it. I think we ought to admit that this is a problem. All the questions we've talked about are things that people wonder about and question about. But this one keeps a lot of people from God. Okay. Uh, this problem that we have, and I call it a problem because, you see, it's because of what God said about himself. If God hadn't have said that he was good and good all the time, if he hadn't have said that, we wouldn't have a problem. When something bad happens, we say, well, God didn't say he was good all the time. Well, God does say he's good all the time. And if God hadn't have said he's all-powerful, we wouldn't have a problem. Because we could say, well, this one was just too big for God to fix. But God did say he was all-powerful. So we got a problem. You know, if evil weren't real, some people try to get around it that way and say, well, evil's just a figment of our imagination and it's just, we're not physical and on and on. Then we wouldn't have a problem. But evil is real. You don't have to go very long. Turn on the TV. Watch the news. There's evil people in this world. So we can't explain it away. And I'm not saying when we get done in a few weeks with this this topic 
that we'll be able to explain everything to everybody because we can't. But what we can do as Christians, I think, is be able to explain to ourselves when we struggle and be able to explain to other people that evil and an all-good God and an all-powerful God are not irreconcilable. Because that's the argument that Professor Radisson would use and other atheists and skeptics and all that. They, they make arguments that an all-good God, an all-powerful God, there can't be evil. So if there is evil, then there's not an all-good and an all-powerful God. Uh, the best we're going to do with this is go through some logic and some reasoning and some looking at the Bible and be able to show that, no, those things aren't irreconcilable. There can be evil in a world with an all-good and an all-powerful God. Now, the reason we're talking about this, like I mentioned in the little intro, is a lot of people that call Know Your Bible want to know about this. Some form or another of this question, uh, they want to know why is there evil in the world? Uh, did God create evil? Where did it come from? Uh, if God's so good and powerful, why didn't he do something about it? Why didn't he just get rid of evil? Well, why do bad things happen to good people? Guy wrote a book, got rich, right, writing on that question. don't know how he got rich because he got the answer completely wrong, but he wrote a book about it. Yeah. So they ask those kind of questions, and some of them are real deep theological kind of arguments, and what about this or that? And some of them are just real simple little kid kind of questions. We got one from a little kid one time, probably the best question we ever got. He said, why doesn't God just kill Satan? Yeah, I mean, that boils it down to the essence of it. You know, if God's who he says he is, and Satan's this creep that's causing all the problems, well, just kill him. Get rid of him. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> In one way. We're talking about this because people wonder about it. I showed you last time a pamphlet that got left on my door from the Jehovah's Witnesses. And the front of it says, where can you find answers to life's big questions? So I thought, oh, I want to know what the big questions are. Because that's what we're talking about on Sunday night. What are the big questions? Well, they've got three. And one of them is, is God to blame for our suffering? Just another way of saying it. Why is there evil in the world? Well, why do bad things happen to good people? If God's who he said he is, why doesn't he stop it? Okay, so that's what we're going to talk about for a few weeks. Let's start with the, the first real basic question and see if we can work on it. First, we've got to know what evil is. What is evil? Um. Nope, let me back up here. I left one thing out. I've got to read you this. Uh, all I've been doing mainly so far is talking about atheists and skeptics and all that. I did say that all Christians struggle, but let me read you this. Pay attention as I read this paragraph here. The writer says, Sooner or later, I must face the question in plain language. What reason have we, except our own desperate wishes, to believe that God is? 
by any standard we can conceive, good. Doesn't all the evidence suggest exactly the opposite? What have we to set against it? Well, we set Christ against it, but how if he were mistaken? Almost his last words have a perfectly clear meaning. He had found that the being he called Father was horribly and infinitely different from what he had supposed. The trap, so long and carefully prepared and so subtly baited, was at last sprung on the cross. The vile practical joke had succeeded. Step by step, we were led up the garden path. Time after time, when he seemed most gracious, he was really preparing the next torture. That makes you think a while. You think, what kind of atheist writes that well and thinks that well? That wasn't an atheist. That was one of the greatest defenders of Christianity ever, C.S. Lewis. He wrote that while he was grieving that his wife had died of cancer. And at that point in his life, the greatest defender of Christianity, perhaps other than Paul that ever lived, he wrote, God seems like he's not good. His own son said, why have you forsaken me? So it's not just an atheist skeptic thing. It's us too need to understand this that we're talking about. Yeah, so we can give answers to other people as best we can. We can like I said, we can't explain anything and everything, but we, we can have a basic knowledge of this. All right, now let's go back to what is evil. Uh, some people say that evil doesn't exist, or kind of an old philosophy that about we're not really here physically and all that, and a bunch of stuff too crazy to explain. But everybody in this room would say evil is real, I think. Yeah, evil exists. And we talk about it like it does. And we talk about evil acts. Murder is an evil act. Uh, evil people. Hitler. Guy was evil. Yeah. Uh, evil material, evil films, evil books, that kind of thing, pornography. We, we call some sicknesses. We, we think they're more evil than others. Cancer and ALS and Alzheimer's. That's just wicked. But what makes those things evil? I mean, we just talk about them like, well, they're evil. Uh, is it some kind of substance, like a virus that affects people? Can you describe evil that way? Uh, some people try to describe it as a rival force in the universe. Uh, the kid that said, why doesn't God just kill Satan? Okay. That's, what, that's how he pictured it. Okay. God's all good. Satan's the source of evil. Well, just get rid of him. He's another force. He's the dark force. Okay? You Luke Skywalker fans, there's a dark side. That's the evil side to the force. Okay? Uh, can we describe it that way? Well, we need to figure out what it is because this is the big argument. 
on this point at least from the skeptics and atheists. I put the syllogism there for you. Premise one, God created everything. I'll go along with that. (laughs) Premise two, evil exists. Premise three, therefore, God's the creator of evil. So if God created evil, he can't be all good. There's something wrong here. There's something wrong with your God, the skeptic would say. Okay, And the logic is sound. Some philosophers and some skeptics and atheists propose things like this, and they've got a little error in their logic. There's no error in this logic. But there's something wrong with one of the premises. Premise number two says evil exists. That that evil is something. Well, evil's real. And this is going to sound weird. Evil's real. And it exists. But it's not something. Okay? Told you it'd sound weird. It's not a substance. It's not a thing. You can't show me evil. You can see the results of evil. You can say, call people evil and acts evil and all that. We already talked about that. The trick is, not the trick, the answer is, that evil is the absence of something. God created everything good. So where did evil come from? We'll talk about that more next week. But evil is the absence or the lack in a good thing that God made. One philosopher said evil's a lack of goodness. It's goodness spoiled. You can have good without evil, but you can't have evil without good. Okay? Now, I know all this philosophy is a little bit... Crazy to think about, but it's not that crazy when you start putting it in physical terms. So let's think about that. Can anybody show me, describe, point out a hole in the ground? I hope somebody in here could. Okay, You could take me outside and say, there's a hole in the ground. Okay? Now, you're showing me that, and I admit it's real, but it's not a thing. It's not something. All it is is the absence of dirt. Can you? The guy said you can have good without evil, but you can't have evil without good. Can you show me a hole without dirt? The answer is no. You can't, when, when something's absent in the dirt or whatever material we're talking about, we can say there's a hole in that. But you can't show me a hole by itself. It doesn't exist. It's not something. Okay? The other classic example is darkness. Can, can I make this room dark? Or can I tell the guys back there to make this room dark? I can tell them that, but what will they really do? They won't make it dark. They will take away the light. Okay? When the light goes out of the room, 
then the room is dark. But they didn't make the room dark. Because darkness is not something. Okay? You can't show me a bottle of dark. Doesn't exist. I saw a picture, a cartoon in the paper the other day, and I laughed out loud because I'd kind of been thinking about this, but it was one of those weird little cartoons. And this kid had a flashlight, and the caption said, His flashlight's not working. And out of it was coming this beam of darkness. There was this black spot in the room. You know, he was pointing it, and there was this black thing coming out of it. Everybody would say, you can't do that. You can't make dark. But dark exists, but the only way it can exist is the absence of light. So it's real. Yeah. Now, I realize this is kind of thinking about odd things, but we've got to understand what evil is. And when God created good things, he did create everything good. He didn't create evil. But when something is missing from what he created good, when somebody misuses something that he created good, there's evil. It doesn't exist by itself. It's not a virus that takes over somebody. But when a person loses some of the goodness of God, he gets evil. And the more goodness of God he loses, the darker he gets, the more evil he gets. That's what evil is. Another way to say it down there toward the end of the paragraph, it exists only as a, a parasite on the good. You only have evil if there's something good for it to to host it. A couple of examples. Do you ever have a, a cut on your arm? A wound? That wound is real, isn't it? But it's only there because there is a good arm to host it. Can, can you show me a wound by itself? No, it doesn't exist unless there's a good host there to to host it. Rust on a car. Can you have rust by itself? Well, you can have rust flakes off of things, but it's really part of the metal that hosted it that you can chip off. Rust doesn't exist by itself. It's got to have a host. It's got to have some iron to attack. Cold's the same way. Can't have cold without all it is, the absence of heat. Darkness is the absence of light. So that's what evil is. It's something wrong with something that God created good. And next week we'll get into that. When Satan chose not to follow God's rule, not to behave as God wanted, not to love as God wanted, not to be humble as God wanted, evil was created. Evil happened when the good was gone. All right. 
Let's finish up with one other little twist on this, because somebody's going to think of this. Evil is not just the absence of good. Uh, it's the main definition. But evil can also happen when there's a bad relationship between good things. Good things working together properly are always good. But if there's something wrong with the relationship, then evil things can happen. A couple of examples. Are, are winds moving in a circle good or bad? They're good. Nothing wrong with them. Nothing bad about winds moving in the circle. Is there anything bad about a mobile home park? No, mobile home parks are good. Okay? There's two good things, and if they get together in a bad relationship, the relationship's not right, then evil things happen. Okay? A good thing, a trailer park, is not designed, let's say, to be in a relationship with 120 mile per hour winds. That's not good. When they get together, that bad relationship creates evil, creates bad things. Okay? So a lot of times it's something we do. Uh, for instance, could you design a trailer park that could relate to 120 mile per hour winds? You could. Nobody could afford them, but you could do it. Okay. But that's the way we designed them. They're not made for 120 mile per hour wind. Okay? And we, mankind does that all the time with relationships. Things that are good in and of themselves in the right relationship when you put them in the wrong relationship, they're bad. Okay? I mean, classic example, one pops into my is sex good or bad? Sex is good. God created it for man. Okay? When it's out of its proper relationship, when it's out of its proper area, is it good or bad? Bad things happen. So evil can be created, if you want to use that word, that way. Last example here. Pick up the paper. Just a few weeks ago there was one. Boyfriend of this lady that had kids brought a gun into the house, put it up above the refrigerator in a cabinet. Kid, I forget how old he was, climbed up there, found it. Either I can't remember if he killed himself or killed his brother or sister. One of those happened. Okay, was that evil? Was that a horrible thing? That's a bad thing in this world. That's a thing that one of the people we were talking about, and maybe even us, say, "Why did God let that happen? A little kid didn't deserve to die. Why did that evil happen? Well, that evil happened because there was a bad relationship." Two good things got together in the wrong way. Is a gun good or bad? It's neutral. There's nothing bad about it. I know some people don't believe that, but it can't hurt you. 
Is a kid good or bad? Little kid's good. That's a good thing. But what's the proper relationship between a gun and a little kid? The relationship is proper if there's been some training and there's been some uh, restrictions on the gun. If the gun's locked up where it can't fire, that's okay. Plus, or conversely, if the kid's been taught what to do with a gun or not to do with a gun, then that relationship's okay. Eddie Eagle, the NRA teacher, teaches kids, when you see a gun, very simple. Stop. Don't touch it. Leave the room. Tell an adult. If that little kid that climbed up on a refrigerator had been taught that, would evil have happened? It depends how well he was taught it. But if he was taught it well and understood it, then evil wouldn't have happened. Okay, two good things come together in a bad relationship. Now, I put a couple others in that line. So just think about these for a minute. I said an accidental poisoning. Is that an evil thing when some kid finds some poison, some ant killer or something under the kitchen sink and drinks it and dies? Is that bad? Yeah, that's real bad. What's our first thought? In this case, our first thought is, why didn't those parents teach that kid not to drink that stuff? Or why didn't they put that stuff where the kid couldn't get it? Okay, we don't think that way on guns, do we? We think, ah, an evil gun. The evil gun hadn't have been there. It wouldn't have happened. So that's the only thing we treat like that. Sorry, that little NRA slipped in there. Anyhow, <laughs> better get back to the KGV. Um, a fire, an accidental fire. Kid playing with matches. Matches, good or bad? They're good. Kid, good or bad? Good. Kid set fire to the house, burns the house down. Evil. What happened? The kid wasn't taught not to play with matches. Or the matches weren't kept away from the kid. That would be the right relationship. Okay? So evil just didn't the absence of good all the time. Sometimes it's when we don't do what we ought to do in relationships and getting things together and all that. So hopefully that makes a little bit of sense. Um, all right. What's evil? It's not a virus. It's not an alternative force. It's just when good isn't done. Well, when something's missing from what God created is good or when we don't have the right relationships uh, among things in this world. Okay, I thought we'd get maybe into the next one a little bit, but we'll stop there and tackle that next week. Where did evil come from? Did did God create evil? We already talked about it a little bit, but we'll get into it uh, in a much deeper way where we can explain it to people, hopefully, and then uh, cover that and a few other things next week. then get around to the big evil. Why couldn't God make a world without evil? Seems like he ought to be able to. Why shouldn't he? Why couldn't he? All right, the lesson is yours. Appreciate your attention. If you're here this evening and need to respond to God's invitation in any way, we'd be happy to help you. I'll be here at the front to receive you. Let's stand and sing. <laughs>